Did Don Draper really buy the world a Coke? Did Tony Soprano really die or just order more onion rings? Were those guys really in hell the whole time or was that just the audience? The finales of our favorite shows can make us argue, make us cry, and make us crazy. From Spotify and The Ringer, I'm Andy Greenwald, and this is Stick the Landing, a new podcast where we'll be telling the story of modern TV backwards, one fade out at a time. Each episode, a guest and I will choose a celebrated series from history, from the 70s to the streaming era and beyond, and do a deep dive on its very last episode. Was it all a dream? Did it turn into a nightmare? And most importantly, what can we learn about tomorrow's new shows from the way yesterday's ended? TV is a journey. I hope you'll enjoy this podcast about the destination. Find Stick the Landing on Wednesdays on the Prestige TV feed, on Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. My Eagle enthusiasts, it's Fairway Rollin' presented by FanDuel. Major season is here and you can get in on all the long drives, big putts, and major moments with FanDuel. Check out live PGA Tour bets like longest drive, round leaders, matchups, birdie or better, and more. Plus, track every shot in the app and watch select par three holes while you place your bets. Download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors with over 122 million parts from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond. eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance and with eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. friends and welcome to this golf podcast unlike any other this is fairway rolling a golf podcast on the ringer podcast network i am your starter joe house my birdie buddies my eagle enthusiasts my par saving pals what a time to be alive in golf world golf world is alive we got through the first three events. You know, we kind of take it easy uh, strolling into the season. Our first big boy tournament is upon us at Torrey Pines, host of the U.S. Open, multiple U.S. Opens. But look, we had an unexpected moment in history. And my Eagle enthusiasts, not only 
was my incomparable accomplice, our PGA Tour correspondent, boots on the ground, Nathan Hubbard, there to enjoy it, take it all in. But we already had circled in pencil our guest today, Jason Sobel from the Action Network and XM Radio, the PGA Tour channel there. Because it's about time to get in some big boy golf. We have history to talk about, my par-saving pals. It's a three ball. We're going to get swinging right away. The pegs are in the ground, and off we go. Sobel, how are you, buddy? I am great. It's been way too long. I guess we can still say Happy New Year, guys, because uh, how you said to me when I logged on here. So I can still say it back to you, even though we're like most of the way through January already. That said... Great to speak with you. Great to see you. I'm pumped, man. It's not a happy new year for me because I think the only person who feels worse watching a sophomore in college win a PGA Tour event, the only person who feels worse than Xander Schauffele is three clown stooges like us. It's just a reminder that it's gone. We have no chance. We're we're never going to be good at golf. We didn't do the work. We didn't have the coaching. We didn't have the videos. We didn't get the reps. And instead, this kid is ready for primetime. Sobel, we have to start with Nick Dunlap because that was, maybe it was an, it was an amazing feat. I don't, I'm going to probably have the hot take that this is the only course that, that he could have won this on. Like, it, this is the most obvious course that he could have won this on. Courses! I, courses! Courses, fine. Yeah, exactly. Because it was the course. Right? But whatever. Incredible feat. I, I, but let's start with the obvious question that that you probably have heard some buzz about. Is there any reason he doesn't turn pro? So, look, I don't know Nick Dunlap. Nick Dunlap can do whatever the hell Nick Dunlap wants to do. And whatever he does and whenever he does it, he's going to be really good on the PGA Tour. He's going to be really good at professional golf. He's going to make lots of money. A lot of people on Twitter on Sunday night were very concerned that he wasn't going to get the $1.5 million. Guys, don't worry about Nick. Nick's going to be, be just right. fine. He's going to be all right. I mean, I, we'll, we'll start a GoFundMe if he doesn't have his card in five years, and we'll figure it out for him. Uh, that said, look, I again, I don't know him. I, he wasn't planning on turning pro right now. At some point, I'm sure he had designs on, yeah, I'd like to play the PGA Tour. Now that it's right there in front of him, he's like, I don't know. I got a girlfriend, all my boys in Alabama. That video of the uh, Alabama golf team on the bus where they're all going nuts like those are his dudes he wants to hang out with them that's the whole reason he's there i don't know as an old guy who's been working for the last 20 something years of my life if i can go back to college for one last semester and hang with my buddies instead of jumping into the workforce real quickly i might do that so i don't blame him if he wants to stick around go try to win a ncaa indie title and an ncaa team title but yeah he's got a lot of good reasons he's got uh, millions of reasons to join the BJ Tour right now. I smell another hot old guy take coming from house. What? <laughs> oh, me? I will say that I like very much the answer that he gave to that question at the press conference. This kid, let's talk about the composure in the first place, right? Not just in the golf, but this is a kid who's comfortable in front of a microphone, comfortable with a camera in his face. I mean, he's got all of the boxes checked in terms of his uh, readiness to compete on the PGA Tour. But what I think he has in front of him is four months. Like, think about the run that he can go on. 
by just <laughs> finishing out his college career, being the hero on campus at the University of Alabama? What are we talking about? That's the life. And it gives him the time to build his team, to build a schedule, to really prepare for the professional endeavor. Because, Nate, you know this. You, this is a full-on, you're building a small company when you turn pro. And you better have all the ducks in a row in terms of building out this small company. You're an independent contractor, yes, but it takes a full team of support. I say, let the kid be a kid, finish out the college year, enjoy it, revel in it. You're, you're, it's an incomparable moment in your life. Enjoy it with, with your, your peers at your age group. That's, it's not even a hot take, Nate Dog. Although I do think there could be some Dixieland delight out there. I do think that. <laughs> hang on, I hang look. on. I, I got to clarify, Nate. When you said hot old guy take, that was hot take from an old guy, not a take from a hot old guy, right? Like one, 100% correct. Okay. I just wanted to make sure where we were going here. Okay. But on the subject of like hot people house, <laughs> have you ever seen golf groupies? Like, have you seen the golf wags? These guys are skinny nerds. And they punch way above their weight. So if that's all he's worried about, I mean, look, here's my counter to that. I, I, what do you, I don't mean worried about. I don't think he's worried about anything. No, I'm just saying if that's if that's if you want to see him go do that work, there's plenty of work. To, I was in Palm Springs on the ground. There was nobody in the in that crowd except people looking for a golfer uh, for a date at Mastro's in downtown Palm Springs. That's those are the only people who were. <laughs> They weren't there to see Train that night, I can tell you that. But look, the, 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 which was the concert right after the Keith Urban concert. They, they, they do a pretty good job at Amex. We got to get a few more people out to this tournament. But look, I think the counterpoint is the reason this kid won is because he is ready. Because the age of what it means to be a prime in your prime in golf has shifted like a decade and maybe even a decade and a half in the last five years. Because these kids, again, came up with the video. They came up with the coaching. They've had way more reps in tournaments. And all you had to see was the composure of this kid out. It wasn't like he was playing with, you know, Echevarria and Hubbard in the final group. He was playing with Justin Thomas, who, by the way, was probably, in hindsight, the perfect pairing, an Alabama guy who was going to root for him, who's been humbled by the tour, who was happy to be out there and had a lot of class to sort of shepherd him up that 18th fairway. And Sam Burns, who, five-time winner on tour, is also one of the nicest guys on tour. So it was a great pairing for him. But man, that Burns shot in the lake told you everything you needed to see. These guys were feeling it. This kid is ready. And the last point is, this is going to be the weirdest year in golf. We really don't know what it's going to look like in the future. It is inevitably going to come down to some haves and have-nots. And if I'm this kid right now, I want to get out there while I'm playing, while I'm going to get my exemptions, while I can get into these signature events, a bunch of which don't have cuts, and try to put myself in that top, whatever the number's going to be, 50, 70, wherever you know, uh, uh, the, the, the PIF and Jay Monahan end up, on this deal that's going to be done before the Masters, I probably want to be in the mix and not wait just in case getting points and getting into the top group this year sets you up for a future career. All right. So, Nate, I would like to point out, as you kind of alluded to it there, but when Phil Mickelson, the last amateur to win a PGA Tour event 33 years ago, when he won, there was one route. Like, you had one road, and that was, I'm going to drive down this road I'm going to get to the PGA Tour and I'm going to play golf for a living. And that was it. 
Nick Dunlap, as far as I can see, has three different roads right now. One is exactly that. Turns pro tomorrow, joins the PGA Tour, plays for money, makes a whole lot of it, lives in a mansion, and does really well for himself for the next 30 years. That's a really good road to have. A second road is, hey, I'm going to hang out in college and not be a starving college kid, but I'm going to take NIL money. I have no idea, guys. I mean, this is uh, you know outside of my expertise level, but I don't know if you get the same money as a D1 quarterback. I don't know if you get the same money as a D2 offensive lineman if you're a really good collegiate golfer, but Alabama's got some booster money. And if he wants to hang out in college for another three, four months, 12 months, whatever he wants to do, He's not going to be starving and eating off the cafeteria floor. Yeah, some, somebody paid him to wear that Adidas stuff, so he's already got some money. Exactly, exactly. And the third, the third road out of out of Alabama is there's another tour that has a whole lot of money. Yeah. And instead of making a rash decision, I, I won't call it a rash decision, but instead of just saying, "Well, my dream is to play the PGA Tour, and now I got a card, so I'm going to join the PGA Tour," I would leave all my options open right now, and I would explore everything. And at least take a few days, take a week, take a few weeks to say, hmm, what are those other options looking like? And what else can I do with my career if I'm not going to join the PGA Tour right now? Did you notice how many live golfers chimed in on Twitter and social media applauding his performance? It was hard to ignore, wasn't it? Phil was relevant being the last amateur to win. Rom was relevant considering he had won this tournament a year ago. So I, I get them, but yeah, Gooch? there were an awful lot of them. Yeah, right. I know. It's a little it weird. It felt like a coordinated massage yeah. uh, reaching out to these guys because to your point, like the kid is not leading PGA Tour U right now. That's Thor Bjornsson from Stanford. It's not readily apparent that he's going to, if he doesn't win this tournament, that he's going to get right on, right? And if he does stay back and doesn't accept that exemption, it's getting crowded at the at the entry point here because there are a bunch of young guys. And for me, walking these grounds this week, it was great to see JT back. And I think that house, that's what I texted you halfway through the you tournament. Did. I was like, w- w- whatever comes out of this week, and it's going to be talking about this amateur, but I think the real story is JT went off. He did the work. He got humbled. He did not complain. If there's a guy who should go to live or who could have gone to live, it would have been Justin Thomas to go take that money and instead, he said, nope, I'm in this. I'm going to do the work. I'm going to earn it through merit. And boy, he just got at least a third of the points he's going to need to get his full status in the top back in one week. That's why he pulled out of the farmers. But, you know, if you're those guys now, it's a little scary. There's a group of guys coming up here who, if you don't jump in, they're going to take the title right from out from under you. I noticed on the ground, Xander Schauffele is ripped. He has put on muscle. He looks strong. And he should be, because something's got to change for that guy. Because right now, there are five guys. Sergeant, we got Ludwig, we got, now we got Nick Dunlap, we got a whole crew of kids who are 20 years old or so, who are coming, and they're going to be in the mix at these majors. If you're Xander Schauffele right now, you better do something different, because it's not a guarantee that you don't, you're not the Josh Allen of your generation. Yeah, Sobel, I want to hear what the dialogue was like uh, on the radio today, on the XM radio, the PGA tour channel, what that dialogue felt like, because, you know, one of the things that for sure we've been harping on um, is the, the, the readiness of this. Uh, it's not the, it's the youngest generation. Cause I think that's, that's really what we're talking about now. Yeah. 
And the element to this, that in addition to all of the things that we've been mentioning, the technology now is unsurpassed, right? The combination of the equipment yes. these guys are playing plus the data that they have immediate access to in terms of identifying strengths and weaknesses and areas of focus and all that kind of stuff. That is, they are, they are, you know, the the meta generation and they are mega ready. And it's it's, you know, Nate just rap, rip mentioned three guys. There's another four or five that that all can be in this um as guys capable of winning on tour right away. And when this thing gets co-joined next year, what's the opportunity set look like? Um, but what was the 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 chatter like on the radio today? So I mentioned this pretty frequently. I feel like we we don't kind of look at the big picture and think about this often enough, but guys in the previous generation, your Tigers, your Phils, even going back to the Davis Loves, those guys, let's remember, in the middle of their careers, they had this seismic technological shift where they went from persimmon and baladas to uh, 460cc massive head drivers with steel shafts like that. Everything changed in the middle, whether they were 12 years old, whether they were 30 years old. These guys in the previous generation started with one kind of equipment and had to go through this enormous transformation. Everyone did it, but they said, if I have to keep up, I've got to keep changing with everybody else. The Nick Dunlaps, the Ludwig Oberts, these guys could be playing the same clubs they had when they were 10 years old. I mean, nothing really has changed that much. Okay, your ball might be a little more fitted to what you're doing, and you're on a track man every day, so you kind of understand it. But these guys, I bet Nick Dunlop's been on a track man since he was, like I said, eight, nine, ten years old. Yep. I mean, this guy knows exactly what his smash factor is, his ball speed, all that stuff. And I think that prepares the guys even more going forward. I would say, first of all, the, the first group that's really motivated right now, it's the guys who you mentioned Thorbjornsson, uh, Gordon Sargent. It's those guys who are like, dude, I've played Dunlap. He's really good, but like, I feel like I'm just as good, if not better. If he can win on the PGA Tour, let's freaking go. I'm ready for this thing. I know that I can go out there and win as well. The guys who are kind of motivated right now after seeing not just Dunlap, but Grayson Murray the week before, Chris Kirk the week before that, are the guys sort of in the, the middle of the pack right now or, or lower on the board who are like, Hey man, I'm 300 to one. I look at my odds, but who cares? Guys like that, guys like me are winning golf tournaments right now. And I think the guys who are a little scared, the guys who are a little worried right now are first of all, your Xanders and JTs were like, yes, what the hell? Like I, I just beat almost everyone in the field. And here comes some amateur that beats me. Like what the hell else do I have to do? Yeah. And you know who else is scared right now, Nate? Ponte beach in headquarters right now for as much as they're, playing up the story of Nick Dunlap, 20 years old, wins on tour. What a great story. You better believe that they're a little scared right now thinking, man, we've had three guys who are not superstars win our golf tournaments. What does that say about the level of competition? What does that say about the best of the best who aren't winning these right now? I mean, for, for as cool as it is for us gamblers to see guys with triple-digit odds win these events, it's a whole lot better for the tour if it's like, Speeth, JT, and Xander the last three weeks instead. Yeah. Well, let me let me ask though. No, nobody's watching right now, <laughs> and so if you're Fair. going to have the long shots, then let's get the long shots out of the way uh, during these tournaments where where you know they're up against football on Sunday. Now, thank God 
And again, another reason why it's big boy time. This the the this is 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 genuinely thoughtful and and innovative. This tournament will be competed Wednesday through Saturday. Is this the third year uh, yes. that they're doing it this way? Yes. Very very thoughtful. Good job, tour people. This is how it should be, right? Let us watch golf. There's nothing else competing. I ain't watching college basketball until March, so I'm happy to watch, you know, and it's evening golf for the East Coast. We're 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 under a blanket of snow out here. Thank God. It's fantastic. But the the uh interesting thing to me is really that the idea that um we ha- we've had you know the the these these big guys in it like Scotty played in this golf tournament just now. Scotty yes. played you know at, at, at the Century. They're just coming into form. We have this run in front of us where all these big names are going to be playing. They're yes. they're they're playing uh, at at um, Tory Tory Pebble Phoenix Tigers tournament. We've got a month of of golf superstars. And we're going to have Wednesday through Saturday, and then we have waste management in a couple of weeks. That's goes. That's your feeder into the Super Bowl. So we're we're revving into form, but it's very nice for the tour to have proof of concept with like what it hopes. And, and this is interesting to me. I want your take on this. Uh, the pipeline, right? These young guys, the 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 PGA Tour U is populated with talented guys now. Nick Dunlap proves they can come out and compete immediately on tour. And isn't that good for the, like, here's the newest generation. It's staring us right in the face. Do you agree with that? Yes. It's always good to have new blood in there. And the Nick Dunlap story is going to resonate with a lot of people. And a lot of people are going to be into it. I still think that at the end of the day, you're the PGA tour. Like it's good for your stars to win. This is a, this is a game where individualism trumps everything uh, we we said there. so many people are listening to this podcast right now because they got into golf by watching tiger woods it wasn't like yep. oh man i really like the top 25 players in the world from 2000 to 2019 they're all really good players and so i like it's no tiger dominated everything and people continued watching because he dominated it's a game that that thrives on star power and yes sometimes you have to develop those stars. Nick Dunlap might never get to be a star if he doesn't start at some point. I mean, I, I understand that, but no, this, look, we can sit here and, you know, try to explain it away by saying, ah, no one's really watching. It's football season still and not a big deal. And long shots are cool. If you're going to have them at some point, have them now. I'm telling you, somewhere there are people, they might not even say it out loud in Ponte Vedra Beach headquarters right now, but they're getting a little worried. Like, hey, we got this big deal to sign. We got to showcase the best of the best. Yeah. That's why they're having the signature events. They wouldn't have all the best of the best playing with each other if they didn't understand the power of having the best players on the leaderboard in those weeks. Well, look, ratings are up early on in this season. Now, may, you could maybe say that was because the East Coast weather hasn't been as good, and so people have been inside and watching. People, people are watching this. I will say, to house your point, this tournament is dumb. It's really dumb. <laughs> like guys, well, guys shot twelve under and missed the fucking cut. I mean, let it's me stupid. let me interrupt you. Let me interrupt you because 
I, I and and it's a question I wondered through the course of the weekend um, when I was having you know some Piece dialogue hunting contest, <laughs> some dialogue <laughs> with my hardcore like the deepest devoted golf maniacs in my life who who follow the tour, and you know there is something to the idea of American Express as a very important partner to the tour yes. and having this um, opportunity. To, to bring in all of these CEOs, all these C-suite people, right? Rich it's guys. a pro-am. Yeah. Yes, and they so had a that, great time. That, well, isn't it okay for the tour to have a couple of those moments over the course of a season where it it, it, it sort of, you know, uh, doubles down on a, a demographic that's important to their business? I, I think it's fine. I just think the Pebble Beach Pro-Am as a course and a venue is way more interesting. And... This one, if you're not going to put shot link and you're not really going to put cameras over on La Quinta, you just you're not going to get the content that matters. It just is not an interesting golf tournament that showcases the best guys in the world. And I and that's my bad because when we were making picks last week, I thought for sure the cream of the crop was going to rise and the best players were going to play. But man, you just can't control when there's no wind out there. The courses are just super gettable. And somebody who's hot with the putter can go out and shoot a 60 on Saturday and hang on on Sunday. There are only two holes on that entire golf course, on the stadium course, that really make you think. And it's 17 and it's 18. And Sam Burns got through the whole thing. He hit a bad third shot on 16 on the par five and made par and gets up realizing he's tied and just shanks it into the water. And I I would have bet a ton of money that it would have been Dunlap to screw that up. So there was a little bit of separation there, but it's just not... There's a better forum for it. There's even a better forum for it out there. They they could make those courses a little bit more difficult. I, I just think as an event, it doesn't tell us a whole lot. And that's why this stretch that's coming up at Torrey, at Pebble, at Phoenix, at Riviera is going to really start to tell us who is actually in form. We don't have all the best guys. There's some guys who took it off this week because secretly, as Sobel will tell us, a lot of guys hate Torrey. They really hate Torrey. And it, it can mess with your head, especially given given the rough that's out there. And we we are getting absolutely inundated right now with rain. So these it, there's going to be a lot of growth uh, over the course of the next couple of days. But it, it does start now where we'll start to figure out, you know, is Lud- can Ludwig really play with the big boys? I mean, so well, I'm fascinated to hear your take on how he's going to do this week because, it, you know, as a guy who was for a long, long part of the season, basically first off the tee on tour, this is a course where you need that, right? Oh, yeah. Love him this week. Not only is he long and straight off the tee, and I I haven't talked to you guys in a while, but to me, what I've seen from Ludwig over the last six months is he makes it look easier than anyone else. Like I I watched Scotty Scheffler's feet are flopping all over and sliding all over the place. I'm like, that looks impossible. I can't do that. I watch Rory and I'm like, wow, he's really good. I can't do it. I watch Ludwig and I go, why doesn't everyone just hit it 345 down the middle of the fairway every time? It looks yeah. simple. And he yeah. just makes it look easy. I will. I got a stat for you here. Last season, granted, he only played half the season on the PGA Tour. But last season, his birdie or better percentage from 200 plus yards out was 45.93%. He made birdie from outside of 200 yards almost half the time. Rory was second on that list. He was almost five percentage points further back and so the fact that mm. i think obear's a tremendous talent i know nick dudlap is the flavor of the day right now and everyone's talking about him being the next 
everything, the next it boy in, in golf. Ludwig is, and I mean no disrespect to Dunlap, Ludwig's 10 times a golfer that Dunlap is. He just is. And, and I, think, I think what's going to be interesting, you know, House, when Tom Kim came up and won in Vegas two years ago the first time, Yep. Uh, after he made that incredible run right over the summer in those closing events to to get in to get his sort of uh, status, House made a point, which was you know we haven't really seen him on a big boy course yet because he was just doing it in the fall, mm-hmm. and the truth is in that season he got into some of those big boy courses and faded a little bit. He still was playing fine. He still was having you know twenty uh, fifth, thirty fifth, sometimes top twenty finishes but he wasn't really crushing on those courses in the way that he had come on fiber. Going to be really interesting to see, because I'm with you. I think Ludwig is maybe in a, 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 a complete echelon higher than Tom Kim in, Kim in terms oh, of yeah. his, his ceiling, obviously. Going to be interesting to see how he does his first pass through these big boy courses. But I, I do want to ask you one question, because you talked about Rory. I want to I pose this to both of you. Rory played great in Dubai. Wonderful to see him right now, probably... I mean, House, I, I wish I could take back my Rory's not going to win a major, but that's kind of the course you of this. You said it! I did, and I still sort of believe it, and that's kind of the crux of this question. I mean, Rory, three-putt from two feet last week, put the water, you know, the ball in the water on 18, loses that tournament, and this week, you know, he's 10 shots back after two rounds, wins the tournament. So he's clearly in amazing form. It's great to see. But this morning, I think, I think if you're an odds maker, Sobel, you, you start with it, but I think you wake up and... You, you suddenly have longer odds for Cantlay, for Rory, mm-hmm. for Shoffley, for Spieth again, to, to, to go win another major if you're really looking at what Minwoo Lee is doing, what Aubert is doing, this next crop that's coming. Do, do you think that's right? Or, or, or are they not quite ready to make that transition in, into being major champions? And what we're seeing is a bunch of, you know, we're seeing Giannis as a rookie or a second-year sophomore where you know it's coming, but he's got to develop a little bit. What's your take on that? Are, they, are these guys ready to compete at the biggest tournaments? I take it on a case-by-case basis. Obear, like, I, I've got a one-and-done sitting next to me where I filled it all out. You had to do it all at the beginning of the year. And I've got Obear for Augusta right now. I wanted to be a little different but I wanted a guy who's got a ceiling to win. He can go win the Masters right now, and we're still a few months away. Um, I, don't know, I don't know that Minwoo Lee can do it. Um, I, I think he can. I think he's going to be very good at majors. I don't know if he's ready to win one. The other guys are, are, are sort of still coming up. The young player, Tom Kim. I, look, I love Tom Kim. Great personality, great for the game. Tom Kim's not at the same level. He's just yeah. not. Maybe he'll get there at some point. I, I have a feeling with him, at some point he's going to go, I have to get longer. I have to lose the baby fat. I have to bulk up. That's going to hurt his game for a year or two, and he won't be around for a couple of years. And then he comes back, and he'll, he'll, he'll sort of grow into his body a little bit and get better and get longer. But I do think here, – here's something for you, Nate. The fact that Rory's starting to win golf tournaments as soon as he leaves the policy board – Patrick Cantley on the policy board is not playing nearly his best golf. There's something to it, guys. There's a whole lot of shit going on in professional yeah. golf. I, I don't think the public understands. These guys on the policy board, it's not like, oh, cool, I went to a meeting last month, and you know they'll call me if they got anything coming up with this deal. It's like, no, there's like emails and phone calls and uh, text messages, like yeah. all, people asking questions. There's a lot of shit to deal with. 
And I would have said, if I'm an odds maker, I would have dropped Rory's number as soon as he quit the policy board, and I would have raised Cantley's as soon as he became more involved in it. That That's fair enough. I, I want to chime in real quick because I feel like uh, there was a tiny bit of uh, in, intimated, inferred slander on my guy Dunlap as compared to, to Aubert. Uh, if we could do a quick side-by-side, I just want to remind everybody that there is only one other player the last 50 years that won the U.S. Junior and the USAM, in addition to Nick Dunlap. And that man's name is Tiger Woods. And I do think it would be interesting to do a little side-by-side on the strength of field comparing Aubert's win at the RSM to Mr. Dunlap's win here. Now, I understand different golf courses, different circumstances every which way, but I, I, I'm not prepared to just concede. Now, we will have the opportunity to see these guys, and, you know, the Green Jackets are always so perfect at how they concoct their groupings. I would love to see Dunlap and Aubert in, in a in a same group out there at Augusta. I don't think it's going to work out that way because Aubert is the reigning uh, USAM, right? And he always, those always get paired. Who, who do those guys get paired with, Sobel? With the US Open champion? Yeah, right. And there's there's a there's always a logic, yeah, right? Yeah. But we will get to so. see the 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 head to head amongst those guys. Um I want to ask you, Sobel, we we have been a couple of times along the the dialogue so far, sort of touching on Nate Nate characterizes this year, and I think he's absolutely a thousand percent correct as the most unique, unusual, unpredictable year in the modern history of, of, of the tour. Um, and he and I are in agreement. Um, really he knows. And then I just say yes to the idea that they're going to get a deal done in advance of the masters. What are you hearing on the ground in terms of, um, the, the professional, uh, unity in, 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 and among professional golf. Do you think that timeline is realistic and, and do you have any, any sense of, uh, the size and shape of what that combination might look like. Well, first of all, I'm hoping this year isn't any more unpredictable or tumultuous or however you want to put it than the last two years. Cause those were fucking ridiculous. Um, yeah. I, I'd like to be able to, you know, like it, at least walk away Sleep. from my, from my computer yeah. and go to take a nap at some point during the year, which you couldn't do over the last couple of years. I, no, I do think that a deal is going to get done. Um, I also think that, Again, the general public, I don't, I don't think quite understands. I mean, we, we've had people call our radio show and say, you know, they just put Yasser and Jay in a room together, lock the door, and tell them not to come out when, until a deal is done. I'm like, yeah, you guys sound like people that probably haven't put deals together before. I, this is not going to be something that even if they say by the masters, hey, we've got something in place, then it's, hey, I've got to get it approved on my side. i got to get it approved on my side. The PGA Tours been very diligent in at least trying to show some transparency over the last eight months since June 6th, where they had zero transparency. And so they're going to try to go you got back the DOJ to membership. sniffing around. I mean, yeah, DOJ, a lot. I mean, this is like, this is not just like, uh, Jay and Yasser sat down and like, they're like, Hey, I'll do this. And then he goes, I'll do that. And they go, okay, cool. Like shake hands, sign a piece of paper. And we've got the PGA tour slash live circuit for 2025 and beyond there's there are like a thousand different moving parts to this so 
I'm not even sure what a deal entails right now, what that even means. What I would like, personally, as someone who loves the game, as someone who wants to see the best of the game, I don't even know how this would work, but the PGA Tour, you get January through August. You can let in all the live players. If you want to slap them on the wrist when they come back and say, hey, you can't play the signature events or you got to do this or that, whatever, I don't care. You know, you got to placate your membership a little bit. Live, you get September through December. Hey, if you want to invite Rory to go play live events and he wants to go do it, hey, that's your off season. You can go do that away from the PGA Tour. The fans, we get golf 12 months a year. We get to watch the best of the best playing against each other. I don't know. Seems to make sense to me. I'm sure there's some business reason why it'll never happen. But to me, that makes the most sense out of anything. Well, it's coming. I think the ascendance of this young generation adds another difficult question that has to be answered, which is we know if we're just bidding outright for stars or the stars that we have on each tour, you know, uh, I'll, I'll scratch your back if you scratch mine and we'll create a little way for them to each play each tour. H- how do we deal with the 19-year-old college kid? And is it an all-out straight-up bidding war? Do we have a... Pro- like the, There are a lot of issues and that's why this is taking the time that, that it has. And I think you're right, Sobel, that it may be that a bunch of the guys who are involved in this, I mean, it, it wasn't lost on me that Zach Johnson was uh, near the top of the leaderboard this week. And it's the first time he's actually been able to focus on his golf game in two years because he's been focused on running the Ryder Cup team. It sure feels like this is a much more complicated uh, process where you've got you know people all over the world who have to be aligned. So you got phone calls at weird times, on and on and on and on. So, but I, I, I do think uh, they're going to get this done, and and it's coming. I, I, I think it's going to be a little bit of a lighter weight relationship than the all in. There's going to be some walking before we run. Some of that right. is going to be because right. of the regulatory concern. Some of that is going to be because of just the hornet's nest and complication and gnarliness of all the issues. And what we know now, and so will you, you, you've been all over this, what we know now is that Pontevedra has not been talking to Saudi Arabia a whole lot until just the last little while. There was a period of not a lot of communication at the top, wasn't there? I, I don't believe so, but I believe this is part of like, Jay's got to get his ducks in a row. You, you don't want to fly to the other guy's place and go, so what do you want? I, I don't know. Let me go talk to my people. You got to talk to the people first, figure out what you want to do, yeah. figure out what you want to say, what you want to negotiate. And then you go there. Um, I, look, I, I hope something gets done for the good of the game, for the good of everyone who likes the game. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many people I have heard from over the last year who goes, you know what? I just can't. I don't. Some guys play live. Some guys play the PGA Tour. There's all this separation now. I just don't give a shit. I'm just going to watch basketball instead. It's yeah. really easy uh, to say un- that until the majors. But until the majors. Yeah. But we, look, we've we've got the first live event that's just around the corner. Do you think that the John Rahm edition is going to do anything for their ratings? Golf golf <sighs> viewing of golf viewing on the PGA Tour is up twenty ish percent year over year. If if it goes up twenty percent on live ratings, that's twenty more people watching it. Fine, but is it going to actually move the needle? I don't know. I don't think so. But I also think it's yeah. it's baby steps in the process and the yeah. the progress of everything. I mean, yes, look, getting John Rom to go play for your tour is not a small thing. Now, I don't know if the you know does that mean that you're 
rating on the CW is going to go to a 1.6 share on a Saturday afternoon. No, probably not. But it does mean something in the long run. And at some point, you're going to get uh, a sleepy Saturday in in May when there's you know just some baseball going on and not much else. And John Rom, Phil Mickelson, Cam Smith, and Dustin Johnson are all tied for the lead with four holes left. And all of a sudden, people are like, holy, that sounds really – like, I'll watch that. And maybe you watch it and you go, you know what? I didn't like Liv, but I watched it, and I kind of liked it, and I'll watch next week too. And that's how this stuff grows. It's going to have to grow for as much as they want to manufacture what they're doing. It's going to grow organically, and it's going to grow because there's some great rivalry or – Eugenio Shakara becomes the next great young player. This kid, yeah. Caleb Surratt from Tennessee, who's going to join yeah. Rom team. Like, you're going to want to watch them. It's going to be organic. I mean, just like the PGA Tour, we watched Nick Dunlap. We watched the, the final of the Amex yesterday because we wanted to see this kid win. We want, it was interesting. I know a lot of people have said, nothing on live can interest me. It's not true. At some point, you're going to see, like I said, John Rom and a few other studs going toe to toe in a heavyweight type battle down the stretch on a weekend afternoon and you're going to tune in, you're going to watch and If you like it, you're probably going to watch again. Yeah. I, I, I have to confess, uh, that I was sitting in player dining in the morning on Saturday and it's not a big room and Scheffler's by himself in a corner eating and Xander and Tony come through and can't is putting on his hat and goes through. And those are, you know, those are four of the top, whatever, 15, 20 golfers in the world. And three of them are in the top 10. The room felt diluted. It felt different than Riviera did last year with Rom running up the stairs. Now, look, I get it. Morikawa wasn't there. Spieth wasn't there. But at some point, there's going to be some dilution. And it, it felt just a little bit light. And that's why I think to your point, if you're Ponte Vedra right now, <laughs> you want some of your stars to win, I hear you, but you actually need more stars. I think you need Nick Dunlap. I think you need Ludwig Obert because you've got to create some bigger-than-life guys to go yeah. alongside a few of the ones that you've left. And I'm just not sure, even though I think they're doing a better job, I'm not sure that the tour is great at telling the stories of these players and turning them into stars because they just had the Tiger Woods needle in the arm for so many years that they never got really great at the content, right? Netflix showed us it could happen outside the tour, but I'm not sure that they've gotten great at telling the stories of these up and coming guys and turning them into people who we want to watch on a Sunday. I I tend to agree with all of that. I mean, I, I think that the marketing and promotion of these players can be so much better. Uh, I think they tend to, you know, more about this than I do, Nate, but they tend to, let's face it, not care a whole lot about the players until they start playing like superstars. Then all of a sudden it's, hey, you get invited to our meeting in Delaware because you're a superstar. Yeah. But until you until you reach that level, we don't care it, about you. We're not going to promote you. I mean, Joel Damon is a great Homa. example. Yeah. yeah. Joel, Max Joel did it Damon. himself. And Joel. Max did it himself. Well, Joel, Joel on the Netflix special, people That's watching it. go, man, I really like that dude. I'm going to root for him. But if you're watching telecast, they're not telling that story. They're not getting it through. And no. so I, I don't know what the better way to do it is, but you're right. It's I, I've said this for years. Well, I think I've said it on the podcast with you guys, but yeah, the fact yeah. that this is essentially a year-round sport 
Nothing ever changed. The broadcasts all look the same. Everything looks the same because there's no time to change anything. You get two weeks around the holidays off, and then you're back out there broadcasting more events. They're all going to look and sound and feel exactly the same. House, they need digital people. They need content people. That's who I'd be hiring if I was CEO of the tour. They need storytellers, and then they need people who understand technology well enough to, to feed those stories in interesting and accessible ways to all kinds of different fans. Well, I'm sure in about five years, um, they'll make the first steps towards getting that in place, uh, you know, and, and everything will be different. But look, it isn't the answer. Nate already violated one of the rules that we established at the very outset of the podcast this year, which is not to talk about the watered down uh, product. Uh, he, he tried to slip it by me by using the word diluted. Um, but I Sorry. still remember. <laughs> I don't really know what that means. It's just from what it my felt SATs. Like. I I have I, I know what half of that means. But look, the answer to this question, and you said it, it's Tiger effing Woods. Tiger Woods is going to play golf maybe eight times this year. If he plays seven or eight times, then people are going to turn on the TV because they want to see Tiger Woods. And he looked like he's in decent enough shape now. What exactly does that mean? I don't know. But he looked the best physically. He's super crazy ripped up top, and he walked with the least amount of limp that we've seen um, in in the December event. And we're going to see him play golf in a handful of weeks here. He's going to be on television after football, Sobel. So people are going to watch Tiger playing the Tigers tournament, and that will be, you know, a, 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 a level of interest that exceeds everything that we've talked about uh, up to this Wearing moment. Wearing new clothing house. <laughs> Wearing tailor-made Sunday red, right? Is that is that where this is going to land? I thought he, he yeah, was going to yeah. cut a deal with Grayson or something. No, no. This is going to be tailor-made Sunday red. I think we can book that already. Um, look, I don't disagree with you. Ty- look, Tiger is great. I love Tiger. You love Tiger. Everyone wants to watch Tiger. At some point, the, the old fall back on hey tiger woods is going to come back and get us great ratings like i agree you're right not you going guys to be are around right. forever i mean you're i right look yes yes Ty- tiger plays at riv people are going to watch maybe he makes the cut you get more people on the weekend they watch pga tour live if he's yeah. going out early it's great for numbers and you know they all get to send out press releases and say hey look at our ratings look at our share our market share is great at some point, you can't just keep trotting out a 73-year-old Tiger Woods 25 <laughs> years from now and going, hey, look, Tiger's playing. You never know. We might win. Like, at some point, we have to move on. He's not going to allow it. No. Well, who, who, he's not playing well, that much longer. If we were going to be super generous and gracious about it, do you think that three years ago, looking backwards, that the tour has a document somewhere that's our, here's our succession plan. It's the, we're, we're, we're in the post-Tiger era. Here's the succession plan. Here's our marketing strategy. Here's our TV strategy. Here's how we're going to make our partners get really excited no, about our product. No, this is a dumb no. question. You no. <laughs> no. What well, are you talking about? I'm saying before live, pre-live, before live arrived on the scene and messed no. everything up these past. No, three the years. plan was we've got a okay. we've got a gravy train. We're going to ride this gravy train for as long as we can, and then we're all going to retire and and live in our big houses afterwards. And that was it. That 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 yes. was the plan well. That, of that's Tim Finchon's plan. That's door. that's the Finchon yes. plan. What about what about Monahan? That's why we have tournaments in Iowa and Mississippi and and, and not in Australia. That literally and, is the answer. You, or, I, you know, fun, I agree. Or New York or Chicago or, or right, Philadelphia right. or I mean, come Great on. Point. 
This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you will always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply this episode is brought to you by evernorth health services costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care and evernorth is doing everything in their power to make that possible behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best. It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that'll benefit your bottom line. It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because they're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Anyway, well, look, we do have a, a big boy tournament. Let's talk about some big boy golf. This is why we had Sobel uh, on for this moment. The stretch of big boy golf is upon us, and we are starting off at, at Torrey Pines. Set the, set the stage for us, JS. All right. So, um, yes, big boy golf tournament. The way I put it in my preview this week, and, you know, you can look at stats, you can look at numbers. All these guys now have their models. Everyone, everyone in the, the golf betting industry is like, check out my model. And I'm like, I, how about like my model is like, I don't know. I've watched these guys play for years and I know what they do. Well, <laughs> that that's a model. I don't know. It's I don't need numbers model. to spin yeah. them out. My fucking model is for this week is go to the range and watch everyone hit a four iron. And the ones where you go, Whoa, those are the guys I'm picking this week. If you can hit a four iron and make me kind of look up and go, Holy shit, that was really good. I'm picking you this week. It starts unfortunately with the favorite and I get it. We've had three triple digit yeah. winners. I'm probably not playing Xander at nine to one, but he starts on the South course. I'm hoping he shoots 73, 74 in the first round number drops to 15, 18 to one. And then I pick him up because I love Xander this week. Tony, Finau, no, but he looks great. He looks great. Doesn't he? I, I mean, and this is his time. It's gotta be his year. I mean, yeah. this is it. Or, or, or I just worry he's going to get eclipsed. I, I just, I think he is the one who you point to and go, Man, it, it's it's two, 2024 for Xander Shoffley, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think that 
even if it's not a massive year for him, at some point he's going to win again. He's going to win again soon. He plays well in all these short fields against the best players. That's been his bread and butter over the years. So I like him a lot this week. I can't jump on it nine to one, but again, I'm hoping I can get him live on Thursday morning going into the second round. Tony Finau is a guy that I think I've bet here every single year, had him in one and dones, had him in DFS for like nine straight years. His record is really, really good. I think seven or eight top 25s. I really like him a lot. I don't know that I trust him right now to win. Yeah, I was going to say. I think he's going to be up there. I mean, 68 and 367s last week. Normally, when a guy shoots minus 19, you're like, yeah, I'm all in on him. But uh, five under on the stadium course on Sunday wasn't bad. So he seems to have a little bit of momentum. And then, I mean, if we want to get into some long shot, I've got, I mean, you know, everyone wants lottery tickets now. Everyone wants lottery tickets. I got like six lottery tickets here for you. Okay. I want to. I want to see what you think. You're going to like at least a few of these names. All right. I'll start eighty to one. Taylor Pendrith, tenth place okay. at the Sony Open a few weeks ago. This place is way better for him. Big dude. Give me all your big brawny ball strikers this week. I love everything about Taylor Pendrith. Who would not surprise me if and when he wins a PGA Tour event because I think he's got that kind of talent. Um, you want to respond? You want me to go just race no, through keep, all these guys? Keep, keep through keep them. Going. Yeah. yeah. Let's hear it. Thomas Dietrich, I don't know what his ceiling yeah. is. Ton of top threes, nine of them over on the DP World Tour, one yep. on the PGA Tour. He doesn't win, but at 90 to one, I might take a little chance that he can do it here. Kevin okay. Yu, did you guys look yeah. at Kevin Yu's stats last year? Tita Green, you do like that blind taste test thing where you like blind resume, like Justin Thomas, Colin Morikawa, and Kevin Yu. You'd be like, yeah, they're all pretty similar. The dude is really good, Tita Green. The results weren't there. For most of last year, coming off a third place finish last week, yeah, second tee to green on fr- on Sunday. I love it. This could be right up his alley. Uh, I'll give you a couple Oklahoma State guys, young guys, ball strikers. Austin Eckrode leads the PGA Tour in total driving this season, which is weird. How do you not play Kapalua? There have only been three events, and you lead in total driving because everyone hit it 400 yards down the middle of the fairway. At Kapalua. So, like, I, I don't even understand how that happens. The second of those two Oklahoma State guys, Sam Stevens, who's mm. sort of a carbon copy. I think Eckroad's probably a little bit better. And the last guy I'll give you here, 300 to 1. We've seen 300 to 1 guys win over the last few weeks. Chan Kim's a 33 year old rookie. Okay. The dude is an absolute ball striker. And he's got experience. He's played 12 major championships. I love this kid. Had him on the radio show a couple weeks ago. I say kid, but again, guys like mid-career right now. I remember being at the 2017 U.S. Open at Aaron Hills. He was hitting balls right next to Cameron Champ. We all know what Champ can do, but I watched the two of them, and I'm like, both of these dudes can go. Both of these dudes can absolutely mash it. Chan Kim, I've been waiting for him to get on the PGA Tour because I thought he could do some damage at this level. He's there now, played real well last week. I can see him having another really good week. I love it. Look, I there, there's three guys that I just, from a momentum standpoint, Keith Mitchell, and he definitely had an eagle, but yeah. he shot a ridiculous weekend. I, I'd look at him like for top 20s. And and Beezer, Bezadenhut, obviously he he got the first place money, but uh, there's there's some momentum building for him. He's His last set of starts, he's had, uh, he's performed extremely well. And then Grayson Sig was 
63-65 on the weekend seems to be playing well. But the guy that I'm really most excited to see this week is Adrian Moronk. I, I don't know that you oh. pick him or not, but but I'd love to hear your thoughts on Moronk. I mean, he just came in second overseas. He's playing well. He, he's had that chip on his shoulder since he got kind of uh, hosed out of the Ryder Cup team, right? So, Sobel, what's what's your take on this guy? And and are we going to see we're going to see him for a full season now here over on the big tour, right? Yeah, he's got his membership. By the way, going back to your Keith Mitchell play, I can't tell you how often I've bet Keith Mitchell over the last two years. I, you I love am, the Cashmere Keith. I know. I may be the biggest Killer Keith fan there is out there. I just think he's he's like he's got a top twenty talent somewhere inside of him. It's going to be unlocked yeah. soon, and he's going to be a guy that's like knocking on the door to make the President's Cup team and stuff like that. So in any case, Moronk, look, really good player. I'm always a little wary of these guys when they make the leap from the DP World Tour over to here. It's just life's different. It's not not the golf's any different. It's not that this tour is so much better than that tour. It's just, it's just different. Some guys react to it really well. Other guys, look, I love Robert McIntyre. I think he's a really good player. He's been yeah. awful in his couple of starts with PGA Tour rookie so really far struggling. this year um some guys just take to it other guys it just doesn't happen for them so i'll take a a wait and see attitude toward moronk i think nikolai hoygaard might actually be a little bit closer than him he's probably uh a little bit better ball striker he's younger yep. he's got some more potential but uh, look both really good players we can see him play well at some point over here i i think they will but i'm not going to jump on him in the first event over here yeah, I, and I, uh, to that point, I think I'm going to look for head-to-heads because there's four guys coming from Dubai. I don't know if that travel from Dubai to San Diego, I don't want to overdo it, right? But if there's an opportunity where the, where the odds set up for head-to-heads, Moronk, uh, Nikolai Hogard, Frankie Onions, Frankie Molinari, and Ryan Fox all played at Dubai coming over to, to play at Torrey. Here are the, the names I'm going to bounce off you. They're very chalky. But this tournament produces those kinds of winners. 13 of the last 15 had a top 10 at some point at Torrey before they they, they came out and won. Uh, Nathan was doing squats next to this guy over the weekend. Um, what's, wrong, what, what's wrong with Sungjae? Why, why can't we have a little action on Sungjae this week, Sobs? Love Sungjae. I love yeah. Sungjae. Fourth and sixth there the last two years. He's another yes. guy like Xander. He's going to win soon. Like I don't, right. I don't know what he's going to win. I don't know where he's going to win. I don't know if it's can he win a major. Yeah, he could absolutely win a major right now. I, I don't know. I mean, it's just a matter of like if he gets hot on the right week, he might win a Honda. He might or Cognizant, whatever we're calling it. He might win a Masters. Just depends on what week he gets really hot. What week? He's going to win. Well, yeah, he, he he's got he's got top tens in his last two at Tory. And I'm telling you, this guy's got tree trunks for legs. <laughs> I couldn't even believe it. I mean, first of all, he's dropping some weight. He's doing a lot of work in the gym, sweating it out. He's still got a little, you know, Sungjae Pudge. It's, it, I, I, that's, you know, that's on brand. But these legs, that's where his power comes from. You can't believe these things. He's hiding them in pants out on the course. He has <laughs> got calves and quads for days, man. There, there, there we go. We've got, this is why we have you on here. The, the uh, on the ground, literally uh, giving us from the gym. <laughs> The tail of the tape. The other guy that I have, again, super chalky, going to show up on all the lists, Keegan. And and Keegan yeah. is definitely in form. I mean, he was on the 18th fairway with the chance to win the golf tournament at the Sony, and he absolutely loves this tournament. I think it's the one 
uh, if you look at like his body of work, he has a whole collection of high finishes without um, winning this thing, right? Solo second. How, how well, that was yeah. last year, right? Yeah, right. When we start, when when we do this whole prognostication thing, essentially what it boils down to is we're looking for form and we're looking at course history. His form is he finished second, lost in the playoff the last time he played. His course history is really good, and he finished second the last time he played. At some point, I look at Keegan this week the way I look at a straight 10-foot butt where you look at it from every angle and you're like, ah, might go left, might go right, and sometimes I go, stop overthinking it and just hit yeah. it in the damn hole. It's That's like Nick Keegan Dunlap's caddy. Your mom can make this putt. <laughs> your, mom can hit, your mom can hit a top 20 on Keegan this week. There you go. Bang. There we go. All right. What, what, we're going to let you go. We've uh, used up more of your time than I promised. Give us your best bet of the week. Uh, all of those that I mentioned, but I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you fee now. I'll give you top 10 Tony for okay. a, uh, a prop play this week, which, you know, you're not going to get rich doing that. It's not your, uh, your rollover bet from the last three winners. By the way, did you guys see that I tweeted that out on Sunday night that if you'd put a dollar on Chris Kirk, 200 to one, I like rolled it. it over to Grayson Murray. I, I prefaced this on the tweet by saying this is ridiculous. No one did it. No one could do it. No one would do it. The books probably wouldn't let you in the last leg. But if you went Chris Kirk, rolled it over, took the 200, put it on Grayson Murray, took the 80K, put it on Nick Dunlap, you'd be at 28 million now within a dollar to 28 million. It's like the guy that traded a paperclip and wound up with a house. You like, sound like my 15 year old son on his secret betting account, creating all these parlays <laughs> that I keep exactly. sending to house that keep hitting. He just can't redeem them because he can't put in his social security <laughs> number because they'll know how old he is. So. He's got a bunch of fake money uh, sitting out there that no one will ever have. Well, I mean, you, you, there is a, somebody in this mix that could do something about it. Um, <laughs> it seems could, like bad parenting. You could keep forwarding him to me. I mean, you know, we are we are podcast partners after all. You, you want you want to know bad parenting? I had my twelve year old the other day. It's like I I do not recommend this for anybody, but I like to have a little fun, and so I did a couple of one dollar parlays on. The winner of the PGA Tour, LPGA, Champions Tour, and DP World Tour events because it's really cool to throw down $1 and see it as a four-part parlay to win 847000 And so I right. showed my son, I go, hey, if these four people win, look how much I'm going to win. He goes, Dad, that's amazing. Can I can I have that? And I'm like, yeah. no, but Ollie, he doesn't, doesn't know betting, doesn't care about yeah. betting, doesn't care about golf. But he put in, and I said, just don't go too far down the list. Well, he picked four guys. So Thursday morning, he gets up, or Friday morning, he gets up. No, Thursday morning. And he goes, how am I doing in that bet? Am I winning? And I look at it, and Cameron Young was his DP World Tour oh, guy. Oh, no. And, Whoa. And, he's, and he's leading. Now, nothing else has even started yet. But I go, well, yeah, you're leading one of them. Now, he doesn't understand that this is, good, like, this is not going to happen. It's not a thing that's going to happen. And he's like, Dad, I'm going to win like you know $800,000. I'm like, no, you're not. Just stop. But. I was truthful to him, and I'm like, Cameron Young's winning this tournament right now, and he's one of your four guys. Well, you should have also been truthful to him to tell him that Cameron Young was going to choke on Sunday, which is exactly <laughs> That's not happened. nice. I'm happy to see Cameron Young with all of his I hair. I am, too. With a new caddy. It. I'm rooting for and, him. And you mean, yeah, as, as am I. He needs to get back over here and, and start playing. So, thank you so much for coming on. Now, look, at this point of the season, with all of this this gambling talk, is just build your bankroll time. Let's not go too crazy out there. Um, my birdie buddies, 
We are back next week. We are looking very forward to big boy golf. It's Wednesday to Saturday. So if you're listening to this early Tuesday morning, overnight Monday, get your plays in because the golf tournament starts Wednesday morning. We will be back with this show at the beginning of next week. My thanks to Nathan Hubbard. My thanks to Eduardo Ocampo. My thanks to Jason Sobel. If you're able to play golf, I don't know where you live, but it has to be California or, or Hawaii or Arizona in the East Fine United States. Please. It's raining today. Let's hit them straight out there. 